1: Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. All right, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We are excited that a friend of the program is back. Mike Triplett, he covers the Saints for ESPN. Uh, Guys, you know where to find him on Twitter and at ESPN.com. He does an amazing job. ESPN sent him to Mobile to cover the Senior Bowl, uh, which is draft-oriented, but we're not really interested in the draft because the reason why I had Mike on today is because he covers the Senior Bowl, Mike, Mickey Loomis does his sort of, I call it the state of the saints, where he meets with the media and you guys can ask him a bunch of questions and he sort of gives you responses. Some of them are interesting, some of them are canned and all that. But my first question is, his thoughts on Drew Brees about how they want him back, they're used to going year to year, is there anything that Mickey Loomis said or Drew Brees has said this week that sort of changed changed your thoughts on where drew Brees is going to be in 2020 and what he plans to do
2: no I, I really don't think so uh i mean i know that we're year to year with drew Brees. like i could say i don't think he's going to retire because he didn't retire last year and he didn't retire the year before that but one day he will retire <laughs> i don't know if it's at 41 or 43 or 45 or what um my gut instinct is how can he retire after, after the way he just played this season? How can he retire after the sour note he just left on? How could this be the time where he finally says, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Uh, but I'm, I'm prepared for it. You know, I, I, I've already got my, like, okay, I need to, you know, write the stories that everyone just wrote about Eli Manning if need be, uh, because it could happen at any time. And I think that's how the Saints operate too. Um, They've got to have their backup plans, and, and I would say I think they've got better contingency plans now than they have had in the many years that I've covered, Drew Brees. Uh, um, but it's interesting because how long do you get to hang on to Teddy Bridgewater and have a contingency plan uh, you know, is, is probably the bigger, tougher
1: question for them this offseason.
2: If Brees does come back. Do you keep doing this with Teddy and and obviously Taysom, who I'm sure they will keep as a restricted free agent?
1: Well, the question, the interesting thing with Breeze is, and I think people forget on Twitter when they say, hey, you know, I want to move on. I want Taysom. I want, Uh, you know, whatever. They forget one thing about it is if Drew Breeze, he counts $20 million against the cap, whether he plays for the Saints or not. So I sort of had forgotten that. And then when I remembered it, that's sort of why. Mickey Loomis was, I think, very honest about the Saints. Of course they want him back, but if he's not on the roster, Mike, it is, a, it is a huge change of what they're going to be able to do cap-wise and that sort of thing, and I think people sort of forget that aspect of it.
2: Yeah, but I don't think that'll influence the decision at all because the thing I think people don't appreciate about the cap is how fluid it is you you carry over your cap space from one year to another we know the saints have taught us well that you can push (laughs) that cap cost so drew brees's cap number is always going to be there if if they have to eat it this year well that's okay because their quarterbacks won't cost as much so drew brees and teddy and Taysom all coming back cost you know another 35 million dollars cap money that they have to worry about next year it's, uh, it, i just you know if if they had to eat the 21.3 million because drew Brees retired well teddy won't cost i don't know what would teddy cost 12 to 15 million i don't know for sure Taysom hill is still a restricted free agent so this would be a, a good year to eat the drew Brees cap cap charge uh and then next year it's completely off the book so i mean there's pluses and minuses and all that it stinks that they have that hanging over their head it, it, you know it, yeah i think it will make it difficult to re-sign Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchek and keep Janoris Jenkins and add another guy in free agency, um, but I don't think that will influence. We have to keep Breeze because we can't take this kip hit, cap hit, or we have to let Breeze go because we can't take this cap hit. I don't think either one of those will, will weigh into their decision.
1: You know, um, I I didn't see anything from Loomis during his interview uh, yesterday on Taysom Hill specifically. But where do you think they are with him as far as where they will tender him at? Because to me, right. it, it's a really interesting point in that if you tender him at the second level, second round level, you do create more breathing room cap-wise, but teams could sniff around it's a second-round right. pick. Teams would be willing. If they tender him at the first-round level, that almost makes him untouchable. I don't think any team's going to go and offer a fr- right. give a first-round pick for him. Is there any sense of where the Saints are leaning that way?
2: He Well, he was asked about that, and, and that's one of the things he does not say at the Super Bowl <laughs> is uh, you know, what offer they're planning to make anybody. But um, I I completely agree with you. I think you could make a strong case for "quote unquote" getting away with the second-round tender, because I still think any team that would sign Taysom Hill away from the Saints would have to pay probably at least eight million a year, or you know maybe two years fifteen million dollars at minimum, and give up a second-round pick. And I just wonder, is there Damn. any team that would do that if they're not making him their starting quarterback? Uh, and I just don't know if that exists. So I think you could probably get away with a second on tender. However, I don't think it's worth even fiddling around to try to get away with yeah. saving a million dollars. I mean, the guy deserves the million dollars. They give guys bonuses. All, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get a win win. If you make Taysom Hill happy and say, Hey, we're not going cheap on you. We love you. Uh, so we give you the highest tender and you don't worry about it. And all it cost you was like one point. It's probably a difference of about $1.4 million. So, They might be able to get away with the second-round tender. They might go that route, but my guess would be first-round tender just because, you know, goodwill gives them a little pay bump, a little reward for, you know, being this cheap uh, player for the last three years, and it keeps any other team from from even sniffing at it.
1: Yeah, and... You know, I know Mickey Loomis said, you guys tried. I saw, you know, you were tweeting it out and, and other people were trying. You know, and Mickey Loomis says, I don't talk about specific players and contracts and that sort of thing. Um, and the thing that I'm interested in is, you know, Kamara is going oh, into yeah. his, That's his the last, last the year. To me. And tell me, you, I'm going to tell you my theory, and you tell me if I'm completely wrong. But it seems to me the Saints have to decide – Before the draft, either we pay Kamara and he's part of our future or we have to not – we're not going to pay him and we have to trade him and get something for him because he's – I don't think he's going to go to camp and be like, oh, you just – guys, you just want me to play out my fourth-year option? Uh, That's fine. Like, I don't see that happening. So I feel like a decision for Kamara has got to come before the draft. Am Am I completely bonkers to think that?
2: Well, a decision if they were gonna trade him, I would say, has to come before the draft. Unless they decide, you know, we're gonna make an offer and put our foot in the ground and be prepared for him not to show up like Melvin Gordon and, you know, with the Chargers last year, where they eventually won the war of chicken and he showed up in week six or whatever. Well, that I think if they, you know, they don't have to trade him before the draft if they want to do that instead. But I completely agree with you that they need to completely prepare this offseason for him to hold out. Now he hasn't said that. Uh, you know, no sources have said that's what he's doing, but I, I, you know, figure it out. He's going to, (laughs) uh, we knew Michael Thomas was going to do it last year. Michael Thomas did it and it wasn't, it was never negative. Like it's just, they knew Michael Thomas would hold out. Michael Thomas did hold out and eventually got paid. The problem is we knew all along that they were going to pay Michael Thomas. They had to, he deserved it. He was worth it. Camara is a tough, tough decision because what if he wants top-of-the-running-back market yeah. money? What if he wants $15 million? I mean, at the very least, I'm sure he could ask for a Le'Veon Bell, $13 million a year kind of money. And you could, I mean, us as analysts of this team could convince ourselves both ways. You could make the I don't think any running back is worth that money. Running backs get hurt. His production dipped this year. They were fine without him with Latavius Murray. And then on the flip side, you could say, what does this team need more than anything else? More playmakers to go with <laughs> Michael Thomas. They can't. The, the years that they traded Brandon Cooks and Jimmy Graham shocked everybody, but you're like, you know what, the offense will be fine. I don't know that the offense would be fine without Alvin Kamara. They need more Kamaras, not, not less. So uh, I think it's an incredible dilemma. I mean, it would be great to say, no, they're going to put their foot down and say, we're not paying you. Uh, or and we're going to franchise you next year, or we're not paying you more than ten million or twelve million. But it doesn't work that way. If he says I'm not showing up, if I don't get thirteen to fifteen million dollars a year, I think it, it's one of the toughest decisions I ever remember. The Saints face. yeah,
1: <clears throat> it is. And usually the Saints, they sort of get you know they've never sort of besides maybe Carl Nix, they've never really lost a guy that they really had a high value on. They usually get it done. And with Kamara, you know, to me, it's a case of I just wonder sort of how wide the gap is, you know, where the Saints say, hey, Alvin, you know, let's start contract negotiating. And he says, I want 15. And the Saints are like, eh, we want to pay you eight. That seems like a wide goal. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. You know, well, he's I like,
2: think they have to know they can't get away with eight. I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll have some realistic. And who's it? Carl Mix is a really good comparison. So here's the thing that is another misnomer with the salary cap is the saints don't believe the salary cap exists. They've proven the salary cap doesn't actually exist. They toy with it. They laugh at it, but what they do value is what a guy is worth. And yeah. with Carl Nix, I mean, I
0: knew before
2: yeah. he became a free agent and everyone was everyone blamed Drew Brees for why they couldn't afford Carl Nix or they had to use the franchise tag on, on Drew Brees. They would have used it on Carl Nix instead. The saints thought Carl Nix was worth X and they didn't want to pay more than that, and they let him go. It wasn't they wanted to pay Carl Nix $9.5 million a year and didn't have the cap space. They didn't think Carl Nix's value was $9.5 million a year, so they let him go. That, that's what we're talking about with, with, with Kamara. They're going to have a number. They're going to understand what his market value is, Yeah, and they're going to just have to decide, do we want to pay his market value or not? If they think he's worth eight, that means they're letting him go. If they yeah. think he's worth the, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what it is. The running back market is going to change drastically too, because half the league's best running backs are all getting contract extensions this offseason. Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, they're all Dalvin Cook. They're all up this year, uh, so I, it's hard to pick the number. Uh, but yeah. uh, but you're you're exactly right. If the Saints know, like they did with Brandon Cooks, that they're never going to pay him what he yeah. wants. Then, then they do have to consider trading him. But the one thing I don't think is a factor with Kamara is his production this year. I think they think he's a special player. I yeah. I think the touchdowns were a fluke. I think we saw him take way too long to find his, you know, his, his fearlessness again after the yeah. injury, and then I think he did find it late in the season. But I don't think they think he's not a good player. I think no. they think he's a top five, top ten, running back in this league, Um, I I don't think they lost their faith in him this year like some of the fans may have.
1: No, I think, if anything, Sean Payton knew that they needed a special Alvin Kamara to go far in the playoffs, especially when they didn't get a bye. And to a certain extent, he's a young player. And you you know this, Mike. You see it with young players. When they have their first injury, sometimes it just takes them longer to... It's not necess- it's it's mental and it's physical, and they they have a hard time getting over it just because getting like you said getting the fearlessness back and I think with Kamara, his late season resurgence sort of tricked the Saints in that maybe he wasn't all the way back but against Tennessee and against Carolina he showed us flashes, so yeah. um. <clears throat> I just think with Kamara, the you look problem at that... is
2: the problem is though. I think that's two years in a row where we saw maybe best football in September, yeah. and it just goes back to the running back position in general dilemma, which is it's it's hard to say you know what we're going to get four years. Uh, I'm trying to do math here: 64 games plus playoffs yeah. out of him at his peak. That that's that's why it makes it so hard to invest in running backs because you know you're not going to get if you sign somebody to do a four year deal you can't expect 64 peak games out of a running back. It's rare.
1: Yeah. The the one thing that um, I think is interesting and I really wanted your thoughts on is, you know, the Saints playoff exits the last three years, you know, you had the, the Minnesota miracle, you had the no call, the horribleness mm-hmm. of that, and you had Minnesota. So it's three walk-offs, to, plays in a row for the Saints that they've lost. And, You know, it's sort of random. Drew Brees fumbled. They had some, you know, Lutz misses a field goal. But the one string that I see through all of it, Mike, is the offensive line has not been able to stay healthy. You know, last year they were beat up. Pete had a broken hand. Um, They lost Josh Hill and Ben Watson going into the NFC Championship game. This year, you know, Pete was coming off an injury. Ramchek was banged up the whole year. And their offensive line, especially the interior was terrible versus Minnesota. So my question to you is, how do the Saints view it, and do you think maybe they look at it as, hey, we have to make additions to this offensive line a year early where we could say, hey, let's mm-hmm. bring everybody back. Maybe they'll be healthy. Maybe we'll get lucky this year. Or do they say, you know what? Health is something this offensive line has shown us they don't have, and we need to get younger, and we need to make improvements right now, and they make some difficult calls on the offensive line no it's interesting because it's a dilemma because
2: i would say in general i would especially in 17 and 18 i i would have labeled the offensive line as i think i probably wrote it several times like the hidden secret to their success like the the you know they very quietly did sort of what the dallas cowboys did and just built this awesome offensive line and that year that Kamara and uh, Ingram both had 1,500 yards from scrimmage each, and then the next year when they went 13-3 and and they were the one seed, yeah. I think it's because they had this incredible offensive line. Nobody's getting sacked. The running game was top six both of those years. So I was very surprised. Uh, we we saw the injuries at the end of the. I think that was probably one of the biggest reasons why Drew Brees uh, – faded down the stretch in in 18 and why they they just weren't as potent come playoff time because of the injuries this year i thought it was a head scratcher i i didn't understand why they had those blips why they had that atlanta game why they played yeah. you're exactly right so poorly in minnesota I, I didn't think they were that banged up that that you know to the performance we saw in minnesota was was the most the biggest reason for that loss i think and by far the biggest surprise about that loss so I don't know who you look at on this offensive line and you say, we've got to go out and get an upgrade. I do think you've got to keep drafting because uh, they'll probably let Anders Peek go, I would bet, in free agency unless the market is just not there for them and he comes back pretty cheap. Um, I don't think mean, the, – the dra- I mean, they're not letting Ryan Ramjet go. They're not letting Eric McCoy go. They're probably not dumping Larry Warford, uh, uh, who I think is still a, a very good player and is not that expensive. So the one shocker would be Teron Armstead. I think he's so good, and actually he played 16 games this year for the first time in his career, including the playoffs. He missed one one game. I and to replace him at left tackle, uh, there's no way you're upgrading that position unless you're spending 20 million dollars on a left tackle, or you know you're not even upgrading him if you use your first round pick on him. So I don't see it. I don't see a way to make this offensive line better. But I do agree with you; it has to continue to be a priority to. Make high draft choices on the offensive line, so there is not a sudden drop off. Whenever they do move on from do you,
1: Armstead do you think there's a possibility that they look at Andres Pete and they say, "You know what? We're moving on from him, and we need an upgrade." And maybe they 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 spend a significant amount at guard in free agency, or do you, do you think that they they'll look their main upgrades will be somewhere else?
2: I can't rule that out, but it's hard to picture that being a priority. And, you know, Nick Easton was serviceable. I mean, in theory, Leonard Warford now is, is a two-time Pro Bowl. There's an alternate now. But, um, you know, you love your tackles. You have a, you know, a very good right guard. They obviously are high on those With all the questions that we're talking about and the money they have to spend, and are they going to keep both quarterbacks and Kamara and Lattimore? We didn't even talk about he might hold out, too. He's eligible to hold out. Ryan Ramchek has to get paid the next year. Demario Davis has to get paid next year. I'd be surprised to see them go gangbusters at left guard, but I can't rule it out because it has been a place that I think they very wisely have invested a ton of draft picks and free agency money in their offensive line. And there's a huge reason why they won you know, 11, 13, and 13 games over the last three years is because of those offensive line investments. So we do know it's a priority.
1: Yeah, I think the hard thing for them, in, <clears throat> and it may be last year where, yeah, the Saints, they looked at receiver and they liked certain receivers in free agency, but the market got bonkers. You know, they they liked Adam Humphreys, yep. but they valued yeah. him as like a $6 million player and he got nine from Tennessee. So it may be a case of, they're like, hey, we really want to upgrade guard, but oh, by the way, Joe Thune from New England just got $11.5 yeah, yeah, yeah. million. Yeah.
3: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler.
3: Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
2: Uh, what's funny that you mentioned receiver, though. I, I agree with you on the Adam Humphreys thing. Um, he would have been an nice hit. I still, my biggest surprise of the all-season, though, was that they did not get any of the slot receivers. I mean, Colt Beasley would have been exactly what yeah. they were missing. Randall Cobb, obviously, some Mark. So Golden Tate didn't cost. I think Adam Humphreys cost more than Golden Tate. Uh, uh, Jamison Crowder was really nice in New York. Like I, I'm still stunned that they didn't add a slot receiver. And I wonder if that should be a priority again this year. We're obviously talking about how good the draft class is at receiver this year, which is good for the Saints. Maybe they should draft one. Maybe that's where they should go with the 24th pick because there should be some good ones available. But I also think it'll probably depress the free agent market at receiver a little bit too. With so many teams thinking we're going to get one in the draft oh uh, that's interesting you know, like I, I don't know which flowers I know Nelson Aguilar, for example, is he going to come super cheap because you know like i I, I think a guy like that um, he's been so inconsistent so I don't know if he's the answer, but I think a guy like that could come pretty cheap and solve a lot of problems. I, I know a lot of people think they need this deep threat game breaker they don't throw the deep ball, they don't yeah. throw the deep ball very. Well, they don't show it very often. <laughs> uh, <laughs> junior, Traquan Smith can draw the safeties and 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 you know do what it, what's needed. It's the guy, the Willie Sneed, the Lance Moore type, who's catching eight passes over the middle of the field that they really missed this year. And so that's that is still an area where I would
1: like to see them invest. And a couple more questions before we let you go, Davenport. You know he's he showed a lot in eighteen. He showed a lot this past year. He had six and a half sacks. He And, you know, he's shown that, you know, you can argue whether they overpaid for him or whatever, but he's shown that he can be a good player. But at what point do the Saints say, you know, we can't trust Davenport, and as well as Trey Hendrickson looked in Minnesota, he's not really a full-time guy. Maybe we need to go and invest at defensive end or defensive line. Do you think that's a priority or down the that's lower yeah i
2: haven't drawn out a list but that that probably is number two to me behind receiver is is defensive end and it was this past off season too i i think davenport's i think you were very fair in your assessment of him just now um but i think he's the kind of guy that along with kim jordan they should be two out of three guys um uh, like we saw with uh davenport and um Alex Okafor the year before, where Okafor actually played more snaps than Davenport, and Davenport was coming off the bench. Obviously, Davenport held up better against the run than maybe I expected. Their run defense was so good early this season, but I, I agree that for all those reasons, you know, plus the injury factor, plus you know, staying fresh factor, I, I think the third guy in that rotation doesn't necessarily mean you need to get top-of-the-line Bowl caliber edge rusher, but another guy who can play 35, 40 snaps rotating uh, with Davenport and then sometimes one of them kicks in to tackle like they like to do. I, I, I would probably rank that as, as my number two thing I'd like to see them add this offseason. season. The other thing about needs, though, is their needs will be based on who they don't re-sign. If they don't re-sign Pete, guard is a big need. If they don't resign Generous Jenkins, or keep Generous Jenkins at his high value, or resign free agent Emmanuel Apple or free agent P.J. Williams. All of a sudden, we're talking about cornerback as their top need. Um, if they don't bring back A.J. Klein or Kiko Alonso, all of a sudden they need a middle linebacker. So the needs don't stand out that much until we know who they're not keeping too.
1: You listen to this podcast because you love sports, you love the Saints, and you probably love to gamble. And if you love to gamble, My Bookie is the best online gambling experience there is. They have the safest. Online app, you can get a, gamble on anything you want. You can get a, gamble on the Super Bowl, basketball, the Pelicans, Zion over under, how many three pointers he's going to make. You can parlay different sports, any kind of bet you want to make. If you're a degenerate like me, you can parlay the Pelicans with EPL, British soccer. And right now, MyBookie has a special offer for Saints Happy Hour listeners. You get a 100% sign-up bonus. That's right. Use the code CHAIR, go to MyBookie.ag, and you get a 100% sign-up bonus. Put in 200, get the extra 200 to play with. MyBookie.ag is the best online gambling site anywhere. Again, go to MyBookie.ag, use the code CHAIR, and get a 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie, you play You win, you get paid. The interesting thing that Loomis talked about when, you know, you guys asked him about how the season ended, he didn't, you know, he said it was disappointing, but he also said, look, you know, we've been so successful in this roster's built that it's it's hard to just, you can't just judge it on one game. Is there a sense that the Saints, they aren't going to be in this sort of You know, we—I joke about it. Where it's YOLO and like we're going all in for the Super Bowl. We gotta do it now. Is there more of a sense of you know what? We have a really good team. We're gonna try to keep it together, and we're just gonna keep because playoffs are random, and if we would have got a break or two as far as home field, it might have been completely different, and we're not going to do a lot of big stuff. We're just going to keep grinding and try to churn out another 10-plus win season and get in the playoffs and see how it goes, and there's not there's there's a sense among us, the fans, that we're like, you're running out of time. Drew Brees is old. you got to get yeah. this ring, Mickey. Yeah. Do whatever it takes. Well, the Saints are like, no. We're just going to keep being methodical the way we built this team, and that's how we're going to do it.
2: Well, what's funny about that is I was on board with the YOLO plan <laughs> for a long time because it made perfect sense because of Breeze's age. And for a decade, this team was only going to go as far as Drew Breeze to take them. Uh, and, and they weren't built to win after Breeze retired. The last few years, though, because of that 16 and 17 draft classes and because of the offensive line investments, and because of some defensive improvements, and then because of Teddy Bridgewater proving that, oh, shoot, you can go to the backup quarterback and only suffer a little drop-off instead of a major drop-off. I do think, I don't think yolo is the right approach necessarily anymore. I mean, funny enough, the reason for the yellow approach now is because that 17 draft class is all about to be so expensive and you want to win while they're all on a rookie deal still. But, uh, um, but yeah, to your greater question, I, I understand the fans' disappointment, and of course I appreciate it, and I feel like maybe they'll never get back again, especially after they didn't go last year when they were the number one seed and, and leading that game against the Rams and what a missed opportunity that was. But I do not agree one bit with the they're a good regular season team that can't win in the playoffs. I, I, that, that's, that's kind of a nonsense concept to me. Like, they... I actually believed in this team more this year than so ever I. when they went toe-to-toe with the 49ers. Um, yeah. And the 49ers might win the Super Bowl, and I think the Saints could have gone into San Francisco and beat the 49ers I, or, or definitely beat them on their own team. I don't think they were only beating up on Patsy's, and They lost to a Pat's season in the season. season. But what I do think the Saints are, they can't say we are a team that goes 13-3 and every year, so we're one of the best. I think they're in that pool of teams that are somewhere around the, you know, fifth-best team in the league, Uh, somewhere in the top eight uh, of teams that can win their division, can get a bye in the playoffs potentially, or at least, you know, a home field first-round game, can get hot at the right time and win it. But they're not not number one or number two, um, so they do need to continue to make improvements. They can't just say, we're just, fine with where we're yeah. at. they do need to get a little bit better but i see no like this is some this is an achilles heel that the saints must rebuild and revamp and overcome i see them doing things the right way they've drafted well they've signed free agents well they've uh invested in the right areas In no way do I think the Saints need to completely revamp their approach. No, not at all.
1: Yeah, and it's not. I don't think they look at. I don't think they'll look at it as like, we need. It's one. It's one guy. If we just get X, it'll fix it. But the final thing, and then you can get out of here, is. In free agency, as far as it goes, as far as sort of how the dominoes have to fall, my theory of it is: look, the Saints have to get Drew Brees done before free agency starts, or else they get the twenty million dollar capture. So he'll get done before free agency. It'll be right up at the deadline, like it always is. It's not going to be it's not going to be in two weeks. It'll be like the weekend before, the day before, like it like it always is. But my other theory, Mike, is we're going to find out about Bridgewater really soon, because to, my way of thinking is if a team is in meetings right now, like if it's Tampa or if it's San Diego or if it's whoever, and they decide we want Teddy Bridgewater and he's our guy, that's going to happen the first day of free agency, because a team like Tampa, they got to decide what they are do at quarterback and then everything flows from that, right? So I think we're going to find out about Breeze and Bridgewater very early in free agency what they're going to do, and if they're staying. And the longer Teddy Bridgewater does not sign, the more likely it becomes he's coming back to the Saints because his market just isn't there.
2: No, I I agree with you. It's funny that you keep saying Tampa Bay because I think the team that I've always thought all along might make the most sense for Bridgewater is Carolina. So we've got two division rivals. (laughs) Yeah, that that too. you know what's funny with Carolina is my Carolina theory was I think there's a blueprint for the team that would sign Teddy Bridgewater, and I don't think there are many. I don't know if there are any. I think you only sign Teddy Bridgewater, you only get Teddy Bridgewater if you commit to him as your starter. You can't say, we're signing you and drafting a guy. He doesn't want to be a part of that. He's got a long-term possibility in doing this. He doesn't want to be anybody's one-year bridge quarterback. So there's a few teams that have to be sort of ready to – compete in the playoffs right now uh and i thought carolina would be one of those because i was like they want to win while they still have luke keekley and yeah. christian mccaffrey in his prime and then luke keekley retires and now they might be a rebuilding team that wants to draft a quarterback so they yeah. you might scratch them off the list the bears don't seem to want to move on from trubisky otherwise they would be a perfect team does tennessee want to switch from Tannehill to bridgewater it's kind of a wash um, i don't know who the teddy bridgewater team is so i agree with you um the Saints are not keeping Teddy Bridgewater. If a team says you're our starting quarterback, we're not drafting a guy. We think we can go to the playoffs this year, and you can take us there. You're you're the missing piece. I think the Bears should want it, but the Bears uh, confound you know, me. I don't know, to know no who end. does. I don't know who. I, so you're yeah. exactly right. Uh, if if a team doesn't go out and get him the first day of free agency and say our plan is Teddy Bridgewater, you're our guy, then I think I would almost bet now if
1: you could place a futures bet on him staying again. Yeah. I said that in Twi- Saints Twitter yelled at me and I went on different radio shows and they told me and I just I agree with you. The one thing is I think Carolina, I think Tampa, you know, the one thing is interesting to me is I think Carolina's gonna move on from Cam and I think Cam's gonna end up with the Chargers because the Chargers need to sell tickets and Cam yeah. could sell tickets in LA. Um and he's you know, he's charismatic and he's he's he could be the face of their team and they can try to excite people. Um but it'll be interesting. Uh, final question um, with the Saints is, do you think they will lose any more coaches, front office people, Ireland, or do you think they're going to sort of survive and not have any, any major changes to the organization uh, this year?
2: Uh, if you had asked me this question the week after the season, I would say, yeah, you got to worry about Ireland. I, I, I would have thought he would be, should be number one or near the top of everyone's wish list at GM, but it, it feels like they've kind of already dodged that bullet. I mean, there are still some teams that haven't hired their GMs, but uh, he wasn't in the you know, first round of interviews for any of those teams. So strangely, I think uh, uh, it looks like they're going to get to keep him. The one guy who still seems to be in play, with other guys, like I, I think Ryan Nielsen should be someone's defensive coordinator at some point. I think he's a talented coach. They're going to lose at some point. Um, I thought maybe Dan Campbell would be in a wave of head coaching interviews. That obviously didn't happen. Still seems to be in play maybe as Aaron Glenn. Um, and the fact that he's available for these interviews makes me almost wonder, totally speculating. If it's like a mutual thing. They're letting him go on interviews. Sometimes they block guys. I don't know. But uh, he's the one guy who still seems to be in play, along with Mike Nolan, who already left. Uh, Other than that, it looks like everyone's coming back.
1: I was surprised that after LSU success, getting Joe Brady, I was surprised that there wasn't a mini Sean McVay effect. And teams were just like, oh, Brady went to LSU and he did that for LSU? I want to hire anybody
4: any (laughs) time that he's
1: even been in a meeting with Sean Payton. I was surprised we didn't have a (laughs) mini-run. I really was. Well, it's so interesting because, you know, I love Pete
2: Carmichael and Joe Lombardi. And those guys have obviously been great for the Saints. Um, But they're not young unknowns. And, and, you know, Pete Carmichael's been around forever. Um, Joe Lombardi actually... The worst thing he ever could have done for his career, as it turned out, was go try to be someone's offensive coordinator. That's, that's the way you used to think you got a head coaching job, is moving up the ladder. He should have remained a mystery that no one ever had any idea about. And, <laughs> you know, tell people he's 31 years old and he would have gotten hired probably as a head coach by now. But uh, uh, so since there's not really a pipeline or a young, the next guy um, – you know, like the fascination with Brady and all of McVay's assistants. Uh, but you're right, uh, and I would think I don't I don't know for sure if they turned down opportunities. You think guys like Pete Carmichael and Joe Lombardi? You think colleges should be falling all over themselves to to be like we if we could get these guys as our head coach and and turn our program into one that runs that offense? Uh, uh, I think I think that should be a factor too. But uh, you know, more power to the Saints if they've been able to hold on to those guys for so long. <laughs>
1: So, Mike thanks for joining us we'll touch base with you on more sure in the off season it's gonna be really interesting because it's just you know I, I think as Saints fans our frustration is you know if the Saints had gone five and eleven five and 11 five and 11 you say blow it up time to fire people time yeah. to hit the reset button if your defense is bad like it was you know for three years with the Saints you say just fix the defense and you can win when you go 37 and 11. It just yeah. becomes hard and it's just it's difficult and everybody wants to fix the Saints in one tweet or one column or whatever and it's just difficult and I think this is going to be one of the most frustrating off seasons for Saints fans because there's like you've said, there's no clear there's no clear path to, to getting where they want to go no, and I mean I think the Patriots have ruined
2: everyone's expectations for a lot of reasons. But, like, look at the Green Bay Packers. One Super Bowl for them, too. It's just really hard. It's hard. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Baltimore Ravens went 14-2, didn't win a playoff game. They also lost to a six-seed. This is how it works. It's hard to win that game. Um, uh, you know, you'd love to say the Saints should have been in four Super Bowls by now, and maybe they should have been. But it, what you want to do and what, you know, what the smart, unemotional approach is, you want to be a team that is capable of winning about 12 games every year, winning your division, hopefully getting a bye, and just giving yourself that chance every year. But
1: once yeah. you get in there, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Mike, thanks for joining us, guys. You can find him at Mike Triplet on Twitter, <clears throat> at ESPN under the Saints tab. His writing is amazing. Mike, thanks for joining us. We always appreciate your time. All right. Thank you.